on to the industry because essentially I was broke. I was working seven days a week. I just needed to work as much as I could. Lash Talks is a podcast exclusively created to support the lash community and artists just like you. Join myself, Fendi. And me, Shannon. As we delve into the depths of the industry, uncovering the lash industry's best kept secrets. Welcome to our first and very special episode of Lash Talk, a podcast by The Lash Shop. In today's episode, we'll be having a very raw and intimate conversation with Fendi, founder of The Lash Shop. And let me tell you, you won't want to miss any parts of this episode because this is Fendi's first time ever sharing her roller coaster of a journey through the captivating story behind The Lash Shop. From humble beginnings in her apartment to establishing a thriving, growing brand, be prepared to be shocked by all the challenges she faced and the obstacles she overcame to reach the heights of success, because I know I was. But it doesn't end there. As a wife, daughter, and mom, Fendi shares how she balances managing her personal life while growing her business. Fendi opens up about the highs, the lows, and everything in between to leave you motivated and armed with practical tips for taking your own business to the next level. So let's delve into the heart and soul of a visionary founder, shall we? Amazing. Thanks so much for the intro, Shannon. I'm honestly so excited about this podcast that we're starting. It's something we've definitely been putting off for a while. So I'm happy we're finally getting a chance to do this. Yeah, honestly, we've been chatting about this for so, so long. I know it's just honestly so much work, but I'm glad that we're finally really stepping into it and recording our first ever podcast. And I just realized today is Thursday. Throwback Thursday. So let's really go down memory lane today. Fendi, can you share with us your background before you started The Last Shop? Oh, wow. Throwback. It's honestly been a while since I actually sat down and reflected on my life journey. (laughs) Like, I don't even know where to start because it's been a whirlwind of a journey. But I guess I'll start with my education. So I went to university for sciences. I ended up with a major in biology and a minor in chemistry. I was so lost when I finished my degree. I had no idea what I was going to do. I didn't want to be a doctor. Yeah. I didn't want to be a nurse. I didn't want to do research. So that didn't leave me with many options. I know left. science, really? It's like you feel like, oh, my God, so good. But then like you're like, OK, what doors does it open me to? <laughs> Not many if you think about it, because there's literally three options. What ended up happening is I did some research on like postgraduate programs because I didn't want to take too much time off after I finished university. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to get right back into it right away. So I ended up researching and I fell upon this program called Regulatory Affairs. And it seemed pretty interesting. But however, I almost didn't apply because it was a very limited capacity program. Mm -hmm. You needed like a certain GPA to even apply. And then once you apply, you have to write an exam. And at that point in my life, I didn't think I had the capacity to feel rejected. But I ended up gathering my courage to apply. And thank goodness I got accepted. Yay! (laughs) So up until this very point, I've never really enjoyed school. I've been good at it because I'm really good at learning and just kind of apply my knowledge, but never really enjoyed what I did. But after going into this program, it honestly changed my life because I absolutely just fell in love with every aspect of it. And I didn't realize that learning could be so fun. And you know, when they say, you know, when you enjoy doing something, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like work. This is the first time in my life that I actually felt that way. 
That's honestly such a great feeling. Right? Especially with sciences. I feel <laughs> I like I would have never found like, my passion. I agree with you. <laughs> but luckily I did. So this program, like what I learned was regulatory requirements and processes that dealt with development, manufacturing, marketing, and distribution of consumer products. Mm. So that could be like pharmaceuticals, cosmetics, healthcare products, anything that would be dealt with by Health Canada and the FDA. So looking back at this, it's honestly crazy how I fell into this because it has helped me so much in building a lash brand because obviously at that time I had no intention of creating a product line of any sort. My educational background has helped me create this product line to make sure that everything we do is safe and compliant and legal. So when artists use it, they are using product that's going to be backed up by the insurance. Which is very great because I find that a lot of lash artists who eventually want to develop their own brand, they don't know where to get this information from. I don't think it's widely available on Google or even just like normal searching online. And they kind of have to make mistakes and maybe do things not exactly the right way to figure out how to do it the right way. So I'm, I'm glad you really had this, you know, uh, educational background to help you establish such a strong background in creating your own brand. So where else should we go next? I guess I'll talk a little bit about my work experience. Fanny has a lot of work experience, by the way. <laughs> so when I was in school or when I finished school, I worked at a lot of places. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll start with my professional career. I worked for Health Canada. I literally dropped everything. I moved to another city. I moved to Ottawa all by myself, had no one there. And I was ready to start my own life. You know, I was like, okay, this is a forever career. I'm just going to live there alone. I'm going to work for the government. It's going to be amazing. So I work for Health Canada. I did pharmaceutical licensing, working with big pharma to get their licensing in drugs and raw materials, imports, exports. I loved every second of it. For some reason, I just really enjoyed the regulation aspect of it, even dealing with the clients. But it got really lonely. I, like I said, I just literally packed up, moved there, had nobody. I did travel back every other weekend, but it really took a toll on me. So I decided, you know what? Although Health Canada is a great job, being there alone just wasn't for me. Mm. So I ended up moving back and finding a corporate job. So mm. luckily, when I was working Health Canada, I was working with one of the pharma companies and I ended up getting a job at that pharma company. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. It's the almost stars like. stars aligned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The stars aligned. And lucky, as soon as I came back, I had a job at this company. I was a single person department. I heard of this before. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning I did everything. So not only did I do like the regulatory affairs aspect, which is usually a job in itself. So you're doing licensing, you're doing the manufacturing part, so planning and stuff like that. You're dealing with compliance, anything that has to legally do with like the regulator products. But also on top of that, I did customer service. I did inventory management. I was shipping. I was receiving. The whole shebang. So I'm the type of person who's like, go, go, go. So I took things into my own hands. I packed product myself, I shipped it myself. So everything ships the same day. So I guess if you like look at Lash Shop, we yeah. work very quickly. When orders come in, they 
will be shipped the same day if you place it, you know, like before a certain time and the queries haven't picked up yet. So the way I operated at this corporate place, you'll see a lot of that in Lash Shop. From what well. you're saying right now, I already see exactly everything that you did at this company at the Lash Shop. Fendi, when she started Lash Shop, she did everything herself, literally everything. When I say everything, like literally everything. She will clean the last shop art course. She does packing too when like, you know, it's not even opening hours yet. <laughs> this is exactly who Penny is. She is go-getter. Uh, she works so hard. And I feel like this job just kind of like prepared you for trialing with every aspect of the last shop, which is honestly so cool and interesting to see how like your previous jobs kind of, I guess, helped you with leading you and opening the last shop oh it definitely has <laughs> i've had a lot of work experience and although not all of them were great all of them definitely prepped me in some way to run the last shop so i feel like i've experienced like literally everything you can think of any type of environment everything i have experienced has literally prepped me which is crazy so other jobs i've worked uh, i've worked at like a salon and spa that was my first job at the age of 17. I did this while I was in university. It was the most interesting job because I did everything. Again. Like, although, yeah, I know. <laughs> so it was like a receptionist, quote unquote, but it was literally like admin. You're an assistant. You're serving customers. You're serving like the estheticians, the hairdressers. I've literally done everything at the spa from like literally helping customers to cleaning to filling in for estheticians, like painting clients' nails, although I had no oh aesthetic experience. Oh my god, experience. I did not know that. Yeah, so just filling in for people when, whenever necessary, although I never cut hair, but it was definitely a very interesting like work environment and culture. It was very fast paced. So I have learned to, you know, adapt during these times where you test your patience kind of thing. And probably people's um, skills, right? You're dealing with so many people. A lot of people's skills. You're working with a lot of different personalities and you just learn how to navigate around them. Mm. So that was a very interesting job. But nonetheless, I really enjoyed it. A lot of my friends, we all worked at the salon mm. and they say like you bond over trauma. So that's probably why <laughs> oh we're gosh. still all friends. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I worked there for, I think, five or six years. So it's a, a good chunk of my life, I would say. Other things I've done, I've worked retail, just either clothing mm -hmm. or cosmetics. I've worked at a call center, which was probably like the least fun job. Cold calling people is not fun. Oh, I tried that once for volunteer. Not fun. Mm -mm. It's not fun. You're literally just calling people and you're trying to sell a product. You're like rejected every like five seconds. Yeah, you're literally <laughs> rejected. And... I guess you learn how to be resilient <laughs> yeah. and persistent. Let's just say Fendi has a lot of customer service experience, okay? <laughs> Which is why customer service is so important at the law shop. If you've ever shopped with us, you will definitely know our customer service is top notch. <laughs> Not just because I work there, but it's, I was, I started there as a customer. And yes, customer service is number one when it comes to our business. And what else did I do? You probably you don't operated a sandwich shop yet. I'm sorry, guys. I'm like reading the notes and I'm like, huh? I never heard of this. Yes. Please share. What is this? What is the sandwich shop? So, okay, my I was with I was with someone at the time, 
and he decided to, you know, get a commercial space downtown just for the sake of getting it. No plan. Commercial leases are extremely expensive downtown. <laughs> yes. So, you know, people usually, you know, have a vision, have an idea. Yeah. And then they find the space. Yeah, yeah. But no, this was completely backwards. Oh. He got the space and he had no idea what we were going to do with it. So obviously it fell on upon me. Oh, my God. And I had to figure out what we were going to do with the space how to brand the space, how to advertise the space, and how to operate the oh space. Oh my god. It was a wild ride because we literally, from the day we got it, we had a month to get everything in place and start operating the next month because it's very expensive when it comes to these commercial places because it was in the core of downtown. If you're in Toronto, it was on Queen Street. Oh my God. So. I, I'm literally, I already can imagine the numbers of a monthly <laughs> commercial lease there. Oh my God. So I was like, you know what? Let's just start a sandwich shop. Something quick and easy. Nothing that was too labor intensive. So I came up with the name. I did the branding. I did all of our menus. I had my mom work for free. So she helped me with making sandwiches. <laughs> For free. <laughs> Love you, mom. That lasted about four months. Yeah, so that was an interesting experience. After that, I will probably never own a restaurant or food business ever again, unless it's bubble tea. I know, I was literally about to say that because Fendi's always like, I need to open up a bubble tea store because Fendi is literally, literally, like when I say literally, like she's literally obsessed with bubble tea. Yeah, I would rather drink bubble tea than eat. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> Yeah, so those are all the random things I've done in my life, which is... Which is honestly, I to think back, like there's so many little snippets of every single job that you've done that has shaped who you are as a business owner. So I feel like, you know, if you're young, work, right? Like not because of money. If you don't even, if you don't need money, if your parents have a lot of money, you still got to work because you gained experiences that you don't get if you don't work, right? You learn how to be, how to work well with others. You learn how to, you know, take criticism, right? Um, you learn how to problem solve. And this is, these are all really important traits that you need as a entrepreneur and business owner. And so this is why Fendi is so good at what she does because you've had all of these experiences and you've taken these I guess some parts that are traumatic <laughs> and you really learn from the mistakes that um, you've encountered in the past. So this is something that, you know, we really need to, you know, learn from Fendi and kind of take it into our own businesses. Um, if we want to expand and stuff like that and just learn from your mistakes, don't just like, you know, be sad about it. Learn from it. <laughs> oh, thanks, Shannon. That was like, honestly, the sweetest thing ever. I'm honestly still learning up until this day, though. I wouldn't say I've perfected anything, but definitely I would highly recommend anyone out there to get as much work experience as possible because not only is it going to prep you for being an entrepreneur, like if that's not the journey you want to go, that's okay. All these skills are going to help you with just being a person in general mm. and just learning how to work well with others, whether it be at a job or even just networking. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, Fendi, you've had a ton of working experience, but none of this really links it to lash extensions. OK, so can you really talk about how I guess all of your work experience and also your educational background in science and regulatory affairs? How did that really get you into the lash industry? Ooh, I 
I never tell the story because it's not glamorous. I would say it's probably <laughs> the darkest time in my life. And I never like telling sob stories. So I just try to like, you know, block it out, pretend it never happened, although it did. Sorry to um, <laughs> bring it up then. <laughs> no, it's actually, I think it'll be good to talk about because people can see like what it takes, start a business or just see that there's hope, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you push through it. But I got into the industry because essentially I was broke. Um, (laughs) I needed an additional stream of income. So at one point in my life, I was working my corporate job. So nine to five. Mm -hmm. And then I was also working retail. After my nine to five, I would bust to my retail job, work there until about like 10, 11 p.m., And on the days that I wasn't working retail, I would also work at the call center. So I was working seven days a week. My God. But I had a lot of expenses. I had, you know, rent, just like basic living expenses. Yeah. I was also helping my mom. My mom wasn't working the time. And I also didn't want her to work because she's getting older. Yeah. It's just easier for me to work Mm -hmm. than to have her work. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want her to be like standing for 12 hours a day. I'd rather I do that because Mm -hmm. I'm young and I can handle it. So I did take a lot on. So yeah, like I just needed to work as much as I could to pay for all those expenses. But with those three jobs, I was basically already working all the normal hours, 9 a.m. to like 11 p.m. I I don't understand. (laughs) Like what kind of job (laughs) can you find that's going to allow you to work like, you know, hours around that or, you know, a few hours here in between when you have a break. So I was sitting around one day and I was like, okay, what can I do? I could do cleaning at nighttime because cleaning jobs, usually they're during non-business hours. Yeah. So it could be like midnight to the morning. And then I remembered one time, like, okay, I got lash extensions and I absolutely loved it. Girl was operating out of her house. She did an amazing job. And I was like, hey, I could do lash extensions. It's super flexible. I can literally, you know, take a client in between my one or two hour breaks or early in the morning or super late at night. I was like, this can work. This can work. This can help me (laughs) fill in the gaps and help me make money. So I saved up for about six months to take this training. And once I finished the training, I turned my den because I was living in a one bedroom apartment at the time. I turned my den into a little studio. Mm -hmm. And because I was working at so many places, I got all of my friends slash co-workers to let me practice on them. So I had a lot of practice, which was great. And that's basically how I started in the lash industry. I feel like a lot of lash artists, before they start in the industry, they really kind of love getting their lashes done. And then they're just like, ding, let me try this. But I guess you started lashing a long time ago. At that time, like, was it hard to find a lash train? Like, where did you train? Definitely a lot harder to find training than it is nowadays because there's so many more academies and artists out there. But I did a very thorough Google research um, and I ended up finding this Canadian artist that was based in L.A. I chose her because she specifically worked very closely in the entertainment industry. So she worked with a lot of celebrities. So I was like, okay, if an artist can work with celebrities, then they have to be pretty good, right? So I saved up all my money and I trained with her. Her training was good. It it gave me enough skills and, you know, techniques to get started. So I would probably say like the training 
with her was the best at that time. Mm. Um, Honestly, training has evolved so much, and also the knowledge of lash extension has you know widened up a lot. Okay, out of curiosity, when you learn lashes, were they in trays or were they in little pots? It was actually in trays. Oh wow! Okay, so she was actually really good. <laughs> so that's why I say like probably the best at that time. So she did use trays. Okay, and she also was the one who trained me on how to like use a nano mister as well. Oh wow. No one at that time was using a nano mister. So she understood that, you know, adhesive cures with moisture in the air versus air dry. Yes. <laughs> so I would say yeah, she was honestly really good out of all the options out there. And I honestly don't regret it because she was honestly really nice. She had beautiful work. So after I took training with her, I had a lot of fun. I found it so therapeutic when I was practicing on like my friends because I was so accustomed to working in like a super fast paced environment, like go, go, go. Yeah. It was just nice to sit down and do something slowly and be able to have time to think, have time to chat with the person you're lashing. Yeah. So it was a very nice change. And honestly, it, I just loved seeing the before and afters. It just felt so rewarding. I obviously wanted to learn more, but could not afford additional training because honestly, it took me so long to save for that training. Like by the time I would probably save the next training, it'd probably be like another year. So I was just very eager to like get started, learn more. So with my nature, I just research. I research and there's honestly a lot of free and great resources on Google. You just have to be able to be able to think and sift through like what is good information, what is bad information. Yeah. I feel like a lot of online blog posts or even just like information on websites, sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not as accurate. So you really have to go into the rabbit hole and just kind of like read through a lot to determine, you know, what's great, what's not so great. Yeah, and I feel like that is why my education helped me so much because it yeah. gave me critical thinking skills and the the knowledge where I can like, you know, apply into, you know, just learning about science behind lashes. And I loved that part. So I read a lot of journals about like cyanoacrylate. I was like, wow, this is really cool. There's more to lashing than just picking up a lash extension and just applying it. Like, yep. There's so much more behind it. So not only could I not afford training, like additional training at that time, I also really couldn't afford supplies. I know it sounds so sad, but at that time, there weren't a lot of lash brands out mm -hmm, there. There mm -hmm. was the three OGs, Borboletta, Sugar Lash, Bell Lash. They were the biggest companies and most reputable ones in the industry at that time. Mm -hmm. And with that, obviously, they were very expensive and most of them charge in USD. So oh, the yeah. conversion rate oh, yeah, is also very expensive. So. I was like, okay, like I tried them and I'm like, okay, they're great, but I really can't afford it because I'm still practicing and I'm doing free sets, I'm not charging anyone. So I just kind of looked into different websites, different platforms to just look into sourcing my mm -hmm. own products just to save money, not for the purpose of creating my product line, yeah. but literally just to save money because that's how broke I was. <laughs> so I ended up finding a manufacturer and with working with manufacturers, you have to purchase in bulk. So I ended up selling them on Kijiji. And for those of you who don't know what Kijiji is, it's like an online platform. Local you... marketplace. Yeah, it's a, it's a Facebook marketplace, essentially. So I posted up there. 
And surprisingly, people wanted to buy my lash tray. <laughs> I ended up selling product out of my condo. So people would message me. We set up a time. They would meet me at my condo lobby. And lash industry was, you know, just kind of up and coming yep. in like Toronto. So I met a lot of artists and we would always chat. And I'd always like just tell everyone about cyanoacrylate because I found it so interesting. Yeah. I don't know if anyone wanted to hear about it, but They're like, I okay, Sandy, whatever. <laughs> I know. I just decided to tell everyone about it. But the more people I talked to, mm. the more I learned that there's a lot of missing knowledge out there. Like, yeah. The training wasn't that great and really enjoyed just like kind of sharing my knowledge. So I'm like, hmm, what can I do? So I and I was like, maybe I can start training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that brought me to the next step of my whole journey i was like okay let me let me write everything that i've learned down and let's see what we can do it with it let's see how we can organize it whether the information i have is enough to create something that's worth selling yep so i started writing my quote-unquote manual so i say quote-unquote manual because although it was better than the manual that i was trained with yeah now that i look back like comparing to like our yeah. course curriculum now, yeah. I'm like, mm. you start somewhere, okay? <laughs> yeah, we all start somewhere. So I would say like my manual is pretty good for that point in time in the industry, but it was def- definitely nothing compared to what we have today. Mm-hmm. I started training. Um, I advertised also on Kijiji. Kijiji was my best friend at that time. I swear. So I was advertising my training there. I was training for four hundred dollars i i believe you also told me that you like travel to people's houses yes, to like, train yes. mobile training guys so i offered mobile training for four hundred dollars um i offered like training in my little little den in my apartment i included a full kit of supplies <laughs> and lunch oh and if you didn't feel like you did well I'll also give you an extra class oh, for free because my. yeah, I just felt guilty. Like I wouldn't yeah. want anyone to give me $400 and not get anything no, out of it. No, it's very true. Because I know how hard I worked for my money and I wouldn't feel right just taking someone's hard earned money mm-hmm. and be like, you know what? You're off on your own kind of thing. And Fendi, like I feel like you really take the students, you know, um, position into mind and you really want to set them up for success. You're you training wasn't just to make money, but you really wanted to help them succeed. And I guess get that financial stability or even just just feeling like, wow, I can create lashes. So you really put that into mind when you put your trainings and when you started training people. And I love that about you. I felt the responsibility to ensure that people got value out of their training with me. And that's why we still offer free additional classes mm-hmm. for our live courses till this day. If, if, if they need to. Yeah, yes. if they need to, of course. So I started training that way and it got really busy. I ended up being able to quit my retail job. Wow. And the sector job. Yay. Because I was training like four times a week. That's a so lot. It was a crazy that's schedule. That's a lot. Wow. Yeah. And I was still working my corporate job. So Monday to Friday, I would split one course into two days. And then weekends, I would train the full day. So I literally was just training as much as I could fit in my schedule. So it was really good money, but I was really underpaid for my time. (laughs) However, it was a very good learning experience because I was able to meet a lot of different type of people. And that has helped me create 
a course curriculum that caters to everyone. So it was a d definitely very good learning experience. And it really helped me gain confidence in what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Because when I first started writing the manual, I'm like, this is good, but like, I don't know if it's good enough. Yes. And you have to continue to refine what you're doing. And up until this day, we're still always updating oh, yeah. and refining our yep. course because it's never this is good enough. Yeah. And there's like, always new innovation. Enough. Exactly. And as a trainer, it's our responsibility to ensure that we are always putting out the most up to date mm -hmm. and most valuable information for our students. So, yeah, that is how I started the last shop. Like it, it wasn't anything that was planned. I feel like everything just aligned itself. Yeah. So once training picked up, students wanted to buy products. Mm -hmm. And at that time, like there wasn't a lot of local Toronto places where you can buy supplies. So I ended up ordering supplies for them and selling to them. Mm -hmm. And it just grew from there. Wow. Very interesting beginning, I must say. <laughs> I know most people plan like, okay, I'm going to be an artist, and then I'm going to do this, and then they do this. But I feel like I had no plan. It was just like, whatever worked at that time, I was just going to go with it. But it just, worked. It worked. I'm lucky. <laughs> knock on wood, it worked. And now you have an HQ, you have people working for you, and just kind of helping you build on this business. I wouldn't say it's a dream because it's not something that you like <laughs> had this dream from the get-go, but it's definitely something that you're so passionate about now that you started in this business. And I'm so glad that, you know, you have a team of people who can just kind of help you um, spread the amazing products, amazing courses, and just like spread this passion about lashes. Okay, so I know that we do have a rather unique brand mission compared to other companies. So if you guys didn't know already, our brand mission is where science meets artistry. Can you, Sandy, talk about how you came up with this idea and how it's driving our brand at a specific path that we're going towards? I apply a lot of what I've learned in school into creating our courses and the products that we create. With our education, we have a lot of science behind it. So I like to use science wherever I can when it comes to explaining either our products or techniques. The way we teach, we use evidence-based approach. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you know, what, what works for me, but I have to know like why it works because that's going to help ensure that whoever we teach these techniques to, they're going to be able to replicate the exact same results mm -hmm. if they are doing it properly. Mm -hmm. Also, when it comes with our teaching structure, it's very similar to how you would learn in school. So it's organized in that manner. So it's very easy to transition into learning in our courses because it's structured the same way. When it comes to our product, we're very ingredient focused. Oh, yeah. So yes. I always make sure that whatever ingredients we're using in our products, there's a purpose mm -hmm. for it. Also, it's result oriented. For example, when it comes to our Lasha products, we try to put as much beneficial products as we can to give artists the best results. We really focus on R&D aspect, always trying to make things better. Uh, when it comes to manufacturing, compliance, regulatory, all that stuff to make sure it's safe, it's made in a safe way. So you don't have to worry that any of our products are made out of someone's garage or anything. Mm -hmm. Like they're made in certified facilities. That's why I'm always so confident. Like before I worked with Fendi, I was actually obviously just a customer, a consumer. I've purchased products from Fendi like for a couple of years and we connected. But 
because I know that, you know, her products are so safe and they are launched the correct way. Like I have confidence when I'm using it on my clients um, that it's going to be, you know, very effective and it's also going to be very safe. Um, I know, you know, it's so easy to purchase products that are from other countries that may not have ingredients that are compliant in Canada or the USA. And so that's a little bit scary because sometimes you don't know if you're using a product that might void your insurance. But um, if you purchase products from, you know, reputable brands that really have a full R&D team and they know like, for example, Fendi, she is like, she literally knows regulatory affairs like from the inside out <laughs> she knows how to you know um look for whether or not a product is um compliant with health canada things like that like i am so confident with products like that um and that's really what made me such a fan about the last shop oh, i'm so happy to hear that you're confident in our products yeah. jenin <laughs> jenin's the most picky person in the world so I'm sorry. For, for her to be confident in a product means like the world But yeah, honestly, manufacturing product is something that I'm super passionate about and that I take very seriously. So a lot of our liquids that's like lash love related, we have a contract lab that we work with in Europe. I specifically chose Europe because Europe is always ahead of the game. They often ban things a lot quicker than North America. North America is always behind for some reason. That's why I was like, you know, we need to, you know, be ahead of the game at all times specifically for one reason as well but we'll talk about one of the failures later because it was very costly. one of there were yeah one of the failures <laughs> um, but that's basically really what led me to choosing a facility that is go- always going to be ahead of the game so on top of like you know science meets artistry um another thing that really stands out about the last shop and I what I'm also so passionate about working with Fenty on is that we really also focus on education um, not just you know science and artistry but also good quality education and even educating at well-known institutions because we are I guess known to have great products um, compliant products and also great education can you talk about Um, how we teach and like what we do with like other uh, how we collaborate with other educational institutions like Shannon said we are very passionate about education so we focus a lot on our curriculum and making sure that it's always up to date and is very comprehensive for the past couple years we have began to partner up with a lot of educational institutions so these are like high schools with an aesthetics program or colleges like like well-known colleges yes so we do like well-known <laughs> colleges as well as private colleges like yes. specifically for aesthetics so what our team has been doing is we have been going on campus to do seminars so a lot of these schools actually don't offer things such as like lash lifts yet uh, because it's like more of a newer service Yeah, a lot a lot of like larger colleges in my opinion are still so traditional like they know that they should be incorporating this into aesthetics programs but for now it's still just nails and hair for at least in canada so hopefully you know more colleges can offer lashes in the training or even brows because it's such an up-and-coming service and it's so easy for people to kind of get kickstarted and doing this as a side business, um, working at a salon, or even just kind of like starting up their studio. Honestly, I feel like with with like lashes, it goes hand in hand with what they 
learn in school because when you go to mm-hmm. these aesthetic schools or colleges, they teach, you know, like the waxing, nails, facials. Yeah. Lashes come hand in hand, really. But like you said, they're really traditional. And a lot of these schools, they don't want to invest in creating their own program. So we actually have a lot of these institutions reach out directly to us and be like, hey, can you come in and teach, you know, lashes to our students? Yes. Because this is not something that we have yet, but we want to offer it to our students. So it's honestly great because it's less work for them. Um, all the work is already done for them because <laughs> yes. we're coming in, teaching their students, giving them the products. So yeah, we partnered uh, with a lot of them. We do campus seminars. We have done online course partnerships. So on top of going in, introducing who we are, teaching our techniques, we also offer like the online portion. So mm-hmm. their students have access to all our online content so they can learn from home as well and have lifetime access. We also train school educators to certify students. What we do is that we train their educators Mm -hmm. to do that. So that is a huge responsibility. We have been able to successfully do that. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, because our curriculum, because you, I guess you really spent a lot of time in um, building the strong foundation of the online curriculum that they're able to get so much more info, right? And get that kind of like strong foundation to provide the training to their students. And um, on top of that, we offer like hands-on training on top of the online course so that they are prepared um, and have more practice in the service. So it's so exciting, honestly, it's so exciting. We've been working on so many fun projects. I know this was probably the most exciting project for us because one of the colleges that we trained at I also did my postgraduate there. So it it almost like felt like you're going back home. Yeah, it was like going back. It was just so it was so weird. So I got into regulatory affairs on campus and then like started my line and then Did it make you feel old? Yeah. It did make me feel very old, but it's almost like everything came full circle. So it also made me really happy because I was like, wow, never would I have imagined like in a thousand years that I would be back here teaching teaching. Like, that is insane to me. And, like, it's still mind-blowing to me that, like, like I know why these institutions choose us. But it's also, like, like I'm just so grateful. I'm just, yeah. like, so surprised at yeah. the same time. I'm proud of you, Fendi. <laughs> oh, thanks. Honestly, I couldn't have done any of this without our amazing team. So, on top of just teaching at educational institutions we also host a lot of free trainings if you don't know about that already um fendi is all about giving back to artists um not only you know sometimes we have free sample products we also have free seminars that a lot of other people would charge for but because fendi knows that you know artists spend a lot of money on their trainings on products in general um she really just wants to help artists succeed in any way possible. So we do host um, many, I guess, seminars and many trainings called Lash Talks or Brow Talks um, that started last year. And it's such a cool and fun event for artists, number one, to network with other artists and kind of make friends, make lash friends, um, get free products and also learn um, and learn from our educators in-house. So we host lash talks such as on lash lifts, on lash retention, on brow lamination. Fendi, can you really talk about why you brought this in and like 
where I guess the next steps will be for these talks and seminars. How everything kind of first started was I started out with my first event and Shannon, you actually oh, went yes, to that. Yes, yes, that's honestly where called, I networked with <laughs> It was called Lash Night Out. So this was basically a networking event. Uh, what I did was I got a bunch of local artists together. Mm-hmm. I booked a restaurant venue and I had everyone just like sit down, have a nice dinner and give free products away because I feel embarrassed to say this, but um, although I was a big fan of the last shop, I really wanted to go because I knew that there was going to be a lot of free stuff. Oh my god! <laughs> I was so embarrassed to say that. But honestly, like, who doesn't like free lash products? Hello. <laughs> I think the the goodie bag for that event was like valued at like five hundred dollars. It was huge. It was a while it was back. Huge. Yeah. This was like a couple years back. Yeah. So that that was honestly really fun mm-hmm. and. Honestly, it was a great way to just network with other artists yeah. because as many of you may know, the lash industry, you know, there's not a lot of these type of events where you can talk to other artists and mm-hmm. just mingle. And I feel like back in the day when you first hosted these events, it was when artists were very competitive. Mm-hmm. There was no like information sharing. People don't share free tips and tricks online. And Although, like, it's such a nice and rewarding job at the time, I feel like sometimes you might still feel a little lonely. So it is, it was such a great way for you to kind of, kind of break the ice and get artists to really connect and build relationships with one, with one another. Yeah, I would say the lash industry is very closed up. Like you said, like, people mm-hmm. don't share anything. It's better um, now. It is a lot better now. There are a lot more brands out there who are trying to create social events, which I think is great. Yes. Because... It can be very lonely. A lot of lash artists, know they work for themselves. So there's no opportunity to really talk to another person who would understand you um, the same way as another artist would. So yeah, it started as Lash Night Out, which was amazing. So we did two of those. We did one in Toronto and then I flew to Vancouver to do a second one, which was honestly amazing because I've never been to Vancouver. I loved it. After that event, definitely wanted to continue Lash Night Out. I wanted to offer more Mm -hmm. when I was going to do like the next event. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, how can I corporate education? And I feel like Fendi really wanted to help artists fill in gaps in their original training that they took. So it doesn't have to be a training that um, we ever did, right? Like we are so open and uh, welcoming of artists who took trainings elsewhere and we're really just providing information to help fill gaps in their training so that they have a better understanding of lashing in general and to kind of improve their skill in a way that they don't have to invest extra money into because you know a course can be very expensive and like as you said you had to save up a lot of time (laughs) and money to um just pay for your course and so it's it's so it's just honestly so um, generous of you to do this Oh, thanks. I just love creating a community of like-minded artists. Yeah. And just sharing our knowledge because, like you mentioned, I didn't have money to take additional training. And I'm sure a lot of people who are just starting out are in the same position. So mm-hmm. I just want to give the opportunity to artists to learn. Without- it's just my way of giving back to the community and yeah. to help artists who were in my position. So, yeah, so that's how lash talks slash brow talk started so we started lash talks last year yeah and it's honestly been a huge success yeah. 
they we, sell out so fast now. <laughs> Honestly, when we first started it, no one wanted to sign up because they're like, what is this? What is this? And what is the catch? Because the way yeah, we would advertise yeah. it would be like, it's a free event. You get to learn, you know, on this topic. So the first one we did was lash lift. Yeah. So learn all of Shannon's tips and tricks for free <laughs> and get over $200 worth of products for free. Because they're like, uh, something's and, wrong with this. And come and, and eat for know, free <laughs> and drink for free. <laughs> so everyone's like, I, I don't understand. This doesn't make sense. And we literally, we had like very low signups. Yes. But then after the first one, literally every, all the artists told their friends. Yeah. Right. And they're like, oh my God, you need to go. Because they're like, it's actually free. <laughs> and then when we have new ones, they're like, oh my God, I have to come sign yeah, up. And it's actually valuable. Yeah, I actually yeah, learned yeah. stuff from it. Like these events are not just for people who shop with us or who have trained through us. Mm -hmm. It could be anyone. You can yeah. train. You can purchase your products from anywhere else. Like you don't even have to be a customer of ours. Mm -hmm. You just have to be able to RSVP on time. So we've met a lot of artists who have trained elsewhere and they're like, oh my God, like there's so much value in what mm -hmm. you guys are teaching us. Mm -hmm. And we can't believe that this is free. And we constantly get artists like message us after like yeah. they attend the, the talks and they're like, it has literally changed my life. I never used to do lash lifts. And they like, didn't understand the science behind why they do things and that in their is lashing huge. practice. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it comes to lash lifts. Like it's yeah. literally all science at that yes. point. Because once, like what Fanny and I really believe in is that if you really understand why you are doing something, you can officially troubleshoot on your own. If you just know how to do it, you're not really going to know how to problem solve. But if you know why and why every single step, that's how you succeed. Exactly. And that's why we always teach with a science-based approach. We teach people to develop these critical thinking and problem-solving skills mm -hmm. so they can do that like on their own. Because we just teach you how to do something, but don't explain how it works. Almost like 90% of the time, you're going to come across a situation and you're going to be just stuck. And you're like, yeah. I don't want to do. I just give up. Never doing lash lifts again. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. So I'm glad we're able to do these events. And yes. I obviously wouldn't be able to do these events without Shannon and our entire team because we have an it, amazing team. It takes a lot say. of work yeah. into offering these talks. Like it's a lot of planning, just a lot of coordination. It's yeah. just a lot that goes in. So, so Fendi, I mean, obviously I know a lot about the last shop and I've worked with you for a while now, but I just want you to share your, I guess, idea and your vision on how the last shop is unique and how it compares and sets you apart from other brands, other businesses, and just like the whys, the whys, share, <laughs> please share. So my why, well, I guess I started this brand because not only was I broke, but I also really <laughs> just loved helping people because yeah. that's really how I got into training because I talked to a lot of artists and I was just like, wow, I could help a lot. So our business is very artist driven. You'll notice that we're not a lifestyle brand. The way we advertise, we never say, you know, you can make $200,000 a year because that is not going to happen unless you really hustle. You can't just take our course and be like, I'm going to be rich next day. It's not going to happen. We focus on providing artists with, you know, the knowledge, the techniques, the skills to help them become successful 
if they are putting the work into it. So we're not selling you, oh, you can be rich once mm-hmm. you take this course. It's we're not a get rich quick yeah, we're life. Saying, <laughs> we're equipping you with the tools yes. and knowledge so you can get there. So you'll notice that student and artist success is our priority. Yeah. Our customers are always our priority. We really provide a strong support system. Yeah. So we offer lifetime support for all our courses. And honestly, we have artists who reach out to us all the time who have never taken a course with us. And we still help them and provide them with snippets from our course curriculum to help them. Mm -hmm. So wherever we can help, like as long as you're reaching out to us, we will help you. And like we literally help like around the clock. <laughs> yeah, our DMs, our, our emails, and we're quick too. I would say we're really quick. Yeah, so. unless you're DMing us at like 4 a.m., then yeah. we're probably asleep. <laughs> sometimes, like, but if it's like an urgent thing at, at like 10 p.m. and we see the message, we will reply. <laughs> yeah, because we know when you're messaging us, it's important. So if yeah. we see it, we will answer it right away. So you'll notice customer experience as a whole is so important to our brand. So yeah. we're very customer driven i know some brands they are very strict with what information they provide or like what and i i understand right yeah. like it's you invest at so the end of the day you invest so much right it, it, it only makes sense you know if you know they're a student of yours or things like that but because i feel like you you know obviously had so many experiences throughout your entire life you just want to give back and this is your way of giving back so thanks for sharing you know what makes us unique and honestly just I love the lash shop. I must say, I must say. You're just okay. saying that because you work here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, so this is my the favorite part. I honestly, I'm so bad. I love just like asking people about some of the traumas <laughs> they've experienced because in my opinion, that's where you learn the most, right? When you, <laughs> I guess, really have to jump across hurdles and really experience like lifetime memorable instances that's when you learn the most so i know you don't love talking about all of these road bombs but i think it's just great to kind of unravel some of the raw realities of being an entrepreneur and business owner because it's not all just the glitz and the glam um so sorry fendi we'll be digging up some of your trauma of yours today so can you chat about some of the most memorable it can be good and it can be bad <laughs> um and even the mistakes or just hurdles that you overcame and what you learned from them it's so funny that you want to talk about this because when we were sitting down to plan for this podcast i i literally forgot about all of this trauma on purpose (laughs) you know i took that and i put it in a part of my brain where i just didn't think about it like ever again um but i would say all these mistakes or hurdles they're overall good because they're good learning experiences they were definitely bad at that time like in that moment it was just straight meltdown for me but now that i look back everything's a learning experience some of them more expensive than others so we don't make any of these expensive mistakes ever again owning a product line is definitely not for the faint-hearted because no matter how prepared you are no matter how well versed you are in the whole process things can absolutely go wrong at any time no matter how reputable your manufacturer is no matter you know just no matter what like there's there can always be a kink in a chain along the way so I guess my very first hurdle it gets juicier would be 
a lash trays. So I think this was back in 2018. I was working with this manufacturer. We've had a great relationship. Lashes have always been amazing. But for some reason, this one batch that we got in was defected. So when you lift the lashes off the strip, the base of the extensions, like for volume, they would be stuck together. They would be boxy. So no matter how you picked up, couldn't fan it. Yeah, you couldn't fan it. No matter how you brushed them, like I tried everything to fix them. <laughs> no matter what you did, it's just a boxy base. And then I had an insane meltdown because I was like, how am I going to fix this? Our company was literally just getting started. When I operate at Lash Shop, I've never operated on debt. It's always been money saved up. Mm -hmm. And then I use that to purchase inventory. So it can take a while for me to get all that cash yeah. to purchase. So not only do I lose money on the defective product, I also lose money out on time because it's going to take a while to save up and purchase a new batch again. And with any business, time is money. So it was really a double whammy loss. We lost a lot of customers because lose confidence yeah. in a product because they're yeah. like oh like now their quality went down because mm -hmm. a lot of people have the mindset of when a company becomes popular their quality automatically goes yeah. down yeah this wasn't the case for us it was just a bad batch it was very unfortunate so going forward what i learned from this is never order big batches always order small batches more frequently because you do have more control over the quality We're able to qc things a lot better we have a strict qc process now <laughs> as well yeah because of all the mishaps we've had with big batches maybe 50 percent of your batch is great but the other 50 percent may not be so great especially when it comes to lashes because they're all handmade so they're yeah. made by different people along the assembly line if one part of the assembly line is not doing a great job then half your batch is also not going to be good. So that's why we have become accustomed to order small batches. Mm -hmm. So we have more control. It is a lot more expensive for us to order small batches because the way manufacturing works is that the larger your quantity, the cheaper it mm -hmm. is. So by us ordering smaller batches, it is more expensive. But in the long run, from my point of view, we lose less money yep. because in case that small batch is not usable, mm -hmm. we can we can just chuck it out and it's not going to be like a lot of money. Yeah. Ooh, this next one. Oh, this next one I actually this. hurt a lot. I and it this. actually it was didn't, not just it wasn't just shop. yeah, it wasn't just the lash shop. It was Canada wide. So we started offering lash lift lotions back in 2018. I believe in Canada, like it was still kind of new. So when we launched it, it became really popular really quick. As you know, with lash lifts, there's a lift lotion and there's a set lotion. So mm -hmm. the first step is what softens the lashes. And the second step is what rebuilds the lashes. So this specifically for the second step in Canada, Health Canada banned an ingredient called sodium bromate. And um, at the time it was like used in every single Yeah, it's used in every system. single lash lift system, literally worldwide. But obviously this ban was only Canada wide. Health Canada, like when they are planning to ban a, an ingredient, they're supposed to contact everyone who sells a product with that ingredient. Mm -hmm. So we register all our products with Health Canada. Yeah. But for some reason, whoever was coordinating this consultation did not include us. So we had no clue that we were even in the process of discussing sodium bromide being banned. Yeah. So 
I wasn't aware that it was banned until it was banned, like that day. So it was banned in December 2019. I remember. And it was the most traumatic day for me ever because our shipment of set lotion was actually in transit to arrive. And it arrived a week after it was banned. Oh my God. And it was a huge order. It was a huge order because lash lifts were really popular with yeah. us. So we sell so much. We sell yeah. so much. So obviously when the shipment landed, I couldn't sell it. I know some brands, they continue to sell it, but I felt responsible. I cannot be selling product to artists that cannot be used because it's going to avoid their insurance. Because when the band came out, like as a lash lift artist, I had obviously, I mean, in my opinion, I purchased a lot of lash supplies on hand to perform the lifts. And like just, you know, that band was like, oh, I got to throw away all this that I purchased, that I invested into. And I have to like repurchase stock. But like for a brand, you literally like have a huge chunk of supply. So when that batch had arrived, couldn't do anything. We threw it out. And on top of that, although Health Canada didn't require us to recall anything, yeah. because technically the product's still safe to use, they just said you cannot use it going forward. So there's nothing wrong with technically the safety. They just banned it because it was similar to, to the other ingredient that another, causes cancer. Exactly. Yeah. So that shipment wasn't sold, but on top of that, I did do like recall for anyone who purchased it recently. Oh. Either offer them a store credit or a refund or a replacement for our new set lotion. So thank goodness that at that time I was already working with our European contract lab. Yeah. So we were actually in the process of creating a set lotion that would work as a tint oxidizer as well, mm. which is known as our set and tint lotion now. So I was already working with them on this formulation. Thank gosh. And we were just trying to tweak how to make it work better when it came to developing the tint. However, can set the lashes perfectly. We were just trying to find the perfect balance where it would tint really well as Mm -hmm. well. So I was like, okay, great. Although the formula is not perfect, we'll just use it as a set lotion. We're not going to use it as a developer. And this was a game changer when you guys launched it because... Like traditionally, when we were doing lash lifts at the time, it was you got to lift, you apply the lift lotion, then you got to apply the set lotion to, you know, secure the lashes in its space, in its place, and then you got to tint afterwards. So it's an extra step. But when you guys launched this, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I can combine the two last steps together and save like a good 10, 15 minutes out of my appointment, which in my opinion, time is money. And that was amazing. And seven months later, we launched the amazing product that Shannon was talking about. But that was a very, I wouldn't say it's necessary a lesson because we really had no control over yeah. it. Yeah. But what we got from it was we proved to our customers that we're a very responsible and transparent yeah. brand. And we take full responsibility regardless. So not really a lesson, but it was definitely a huge hurdle. So the next one, our keratin lift lotion. Oh. This was the most recent one. This is before I joined. This was right before Shan joined. So our goal has always been to improve our products. So what we did with our lift lotion was we incorporated what we called a vegan keratin. So we infused it in lift lotion. So it was nourishing and helped repair. What we did for this R&D was we actually got a bunch of volunteer artists to test it. So we sent them free product in return for their feedback. But I guess when you give free product out, people don't want to give you honest feedback sometimes. They feel, because they they feel, feel bad. bad. They feel bad. No, yeah, I get and I, it. And yeah. I get that. But I guess it wasn't something that came 
to mind yeah, at that time. No, for sure. So yeah. the feedback we got was like, it was great. It worked really great. Yeah, it did work really great. But what we didn't know was that for certain clients, they experienced the fumes. They yeah, it, it was just like a, 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 the smell. smell yeah, was there. it was a smell. Some people noticed like a, t- like a slight tingling, which didn't happen with everyone. People who loved it, loved it. Yeah. People who didn't like it, did not like it. So that was last year. Got the shipment in, started selling it, had great feedback for some people, not so great feedback from other people. And because we had more complaints than we have ever had with our original lotion, And I was like, you know what? Like, we can't offer something that gives their clients sensitivities, you know, 30% of the time. 30% is way too high. So we decided to discontinue it, which means that we threw out that whole shipment. And from that day forward, we did all R&D in-house very intensive and extensively before giving out to other people to to other people so we test on a lot of different types of clients before we even give to artists to try out so Mm -hmm. that was a lesson like just do it definitely worked well though it's just the smell that was a bit strong for some people the lashes looked amazing after and the lift was great it's just like 30 percent that didn't work out like it was it was already too much so yeah we ended up discontinuing that till this day we still get some people asking <laughs> yeah are you selling this like, and we i have... loved it so much i know i think i got a dm the other day just asking what happened to it and i'm like oh we're, we're discontinuing yeah. explain the whole thing honestly i don't i can't imagine myself like investing so much money into bringing a batch of product in and then having to throw it out i know so marie <laughs> who works in our warehouse she is responsible for throwing everything out because I literally feel sick when we have to throw these things out because all I see is money being thrown in the bin. <laughs> yeah. So I always tell her, I'm like, okay, we're going to throw this batch out, but don't show me. Don't tell me when you're throwing it out. Just sneak it out or do it when I'm like not in. She's used to that. She doesn't, she doesn't tell me when she throws things out. Yeah. So I can just automatically forget about and block out all that trauma. Oh boy. Definitely a lot of lesson learned there, but honestly, it takes a lot of courage to do what you do in the business. So I applaud you for that. But I really want to ask you a question because so, I mean, I'm recently married and I just do feel like being a business owner because I have my own studio. um, It is kind of hard to juggle between, you know, family and my business, but you're not just a wife and an entrepreneur. You're also, you know, a busy mom, right? You're a loving daughter. It's so hard to juggle everything. So how do you juggle all the roles that you have, especially when you're working so much? I would say I'm honestly very lucky to have a very supportive family yeah. and husband. And I that definitely 100% helps me do what I need to do, run the business, be be a mom mm-hmm. be a good leader to my team so a lot of that has to do with everything at home so i'm super grateful that my husband is i don't even think amazing even describes him because he does everything when i say everything i mean everything whatever i can't do he will fill in the gaps and we're his team and he always says that we are our team our relationship is we run it like a business yeah so everyone has their their role in our relationship 
And he always tries to explain that to me because I always get caught up in social media where I see like, you know, moms doing everything. Yeah. You feel guilty, right? Yeah. I honestly, for the first year of becoming a mom, I suffered from so much mom guilt. I dealt with so much depression because I tried to put so much on myself. Mm -hmm. But then I'm so lucky that throughout the whole way, my husband was like, we are a team. You don't have to do everything. You need to lean on me when you need to like that's what i'm here for yeah so he does everything he does he does our laundry he cleans oh the house mind you he works full time yeah. he works full time he takes care of our son when when i have to work late or work early he can cook things out of a package he can order food so he keeps us fed he will literally do anything that i need him to um so he's honestly so supportive and i'm really lucky that his personality is completely opposite of mine so I am very emotional. I can be logical if I'm not emotional, if that makes sense. But he's a very calm person. He's very analytical, very logical. And that helps me actually run my business because for a very long time, I was a one man team. Yeah. And I dealt with everything. And obviously that can take a lot of toll. So I'm very emotional with every decision I make. and. What helps me is that I actually consult him a lot and he analyzes the situation and tells me like, does this, is this, does mm. this business decision make sense or are you just being emotional? So he really helps me and supports me in every facet of like I my hope life. I listening to this. I know he should be. <laughs> he probably is because he likes, he watches every reel, every story, oh, likes everything. But yeah, I also have a very supportive mom, which I'm super grateful for. She does everything. So not only does she run the sandwich shop with me, she helps with shipping and every, anything I need with the business. I remember. Yeah. I remember. You used to pick up products from <laughs> yeah. my mom, right? From my mom's house. So she was the shipping department for a very long time. She also helps babysit Jaden, who is my son. I'm honestly still learning how to balance everything, to mm -hmm. be honest. And I feel like you do try to bring a lot of the work home so that at least you can be present for the family, right? And yeah. be there. Mm -hmm. So for the first year, how I kind of meant, like I didn't want to miss out on when Jaden's like growing up because they grow so up so fast. I would work when he's napping, either really early in the morning, yeah. really late at night, like just working in bed. Like Keep just in mind that Fendi barely even took him at leave. And I'm shook. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I actually didn't take any break. I was working in the hospital when I was, you know, in labor. And then even before when my water broke, I went to HQ, packaged everything so it could be shipped so people wouldn't receive it to get a delay like in their shipments because i knew i was gonna be in the hospital for the oh, next see, two like, days funny's insane <laughs> so yeah like honestly i'm still learning how to balance naturally i'm just like a go 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 person like i cannot sit still it actually feels weird for me if i'm like doing nothing i have to continue to be productive but i also have to learn to you know balance family time yeah. and recently i've been trying to work less on weekends and just focus working monday to friday mm -hmm. and weekends just focus on if i have to do an event or anything like urgent otherwise it's all family time can you just share some of your i guess major advice for listeners just i mean everyone is a little bit different but what you think others can benefit from in terms of what you've learned along the way my number one advice would be that 
just know that everyone's journey is different. Like mine mm-hmm. is not going to be the same as yours. So don't compare what your journey is to mm-hmm. someone else's. Just because I started out as an artist and I ended up training and creating a product line, that doesn't mean that you as an artist have to follow that journey as well. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with just being an artist. I feel like a lot of artists, like they feel obligated to take that next step. Yeah, they feel training. like they have to train and then sell mm-hmm. products. But like, no, like there's so much sacrifice that you have to put into in moving to the next steps. And sometimes you can be happy with just what you have currently yeah and you can be really successful in doing what you're passionate about so i'm passionate about manufacturing products Mm -hmm. so it works for me so do what you enjoy and whatever you enjoy is always going to help you create freedom freedom with your time you don't want to be stuck doing something that you don't like doing because you know what we only live one life and you want to spend every second doing what you enjoy and i truly believe that when you do what you enjoy it's always going to help you financially in the end mm-hmm. and just hustle you want to put 110 percent in everything you do because that is what's going to make you stand out from other people who are on the same path as you i would say that's my advice just because i myself still guilty of comparing myself mm-hmm. to other people and it can become very draining mm-hmm. and you can create a toxic mindset for yourself and that's not something you want to do so learn not to compare everyone's on their own journey and there's nothing wrong with the journey that you're on so thanks so much for sharing everything today i learned a lot from you and also it just really inspired me and just changing my mindset a little bit about where I am and just about my business and my lashing career as well. So thank you about that. And I hope all of our listeners can learn that. But um, in celebration of our first ever podcast, I just want Fendi to kind of share about like why we created this podcast and what you can really expect from our future episodes. So why we created this podcast, mainly because I've been listening to so many podcasts. Yeah. And I told you like, oh my God, listen to this and listen to this. Yeah. (laughs) And they're actually so interesting. And I love hearing about other brands. I love learning. And their story, right? Yeah. I Mm. love learning the story. So I was like, maybe people would be interested in what we have to say. Mm -hmm. It's just something that it's time that we should do. And because we love sharing education and just sharing in general, I feel like this is something that we can do. And what we love about podcasts is that we don't have to dress up and look super cute. All you guys have to do is just listen to our voice. I know. We definitely can just do this in a few days, which is amazing. So much easier than YouTube. Yeah. So it's a great way for us to reach more people because mm-hmm. we're doing like mm-hmm. the lash talks and the brow talks. And that's mostly focused to local artists or Mm -hmm. whoever wants to travel to us, which we had people. I mean, hopefully we can travel elsewhere to do these talks in the future. That's a DM, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Let us know where you want us to uh, hit up next. I think it's a great way just to increase our reach and just show our community who we are. Because I feel for the longest time, we've never had a face to the brand. And just show people who we are. Because I feel like, now we're fun people, right? Yeah. And and we have a lot to share. So just take why us not? take us as a, a friend, a little mentor, or just someone to just chat to you. Yeah, just <laughs> listen to us when you're like lashing, learn a couple things, you know. So what you can kind of expect from um, our podcast is obviously a lot of behind the scenes. We're gonna have a lot of uh, educational 
podcast episodes. If you guys have any ideas, feel free to send us a DM, a text, an email, and we'd love to just chat about all different topics. What else would you want to say, Fendi? I'm just super excited. Our first podcast is good because I've never done a podcast before. Shannon, I know you've had a little bit of experience, so this is definitely a first for us. I'm just honestly really excited to see where this takes us. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to the podcast episode today. Feel free to give us a follow uh, so that you are notified when we have a next podcast episode. And honestly, if you guys want, we'd love if you guys can give us a great review. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.